Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created this space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Good morning. Happy Christmas. I hope you had a lovely day yesterday, um, however you spent it, surrounded by family or with your partner or alone, whatever way you wanted to spend your day, I hope you got to spend it that way and enjoy it as much as you could. And for those of you who maybe couldn't enjoy yesterday for whatever personal reason, it's over now. Um, yeah, Stephen's day to me is just feels like any other day, so it doesn't hold any significance whatsoever. So uh, it's over now, it's done. Um, and I feel really excited about a new year coming for some reason. I've had a really heavy few weeks with the kids being so sick and loads of stuff going on. So I'm really excited about the new year, which I, I haven't um, felt so excited about a new year for a long time, even though I'm not one for resolutions, but I just feel... Um, yeah, a sense of excitement and a little bit of freedom coming into the new year. And of course, we're going to be releasing two episodes a week, which was which is deadly. I'm really excited about that too. Nervous because I have committed to it, but it's the next step for the podcast. And also, as I said before, to ensure that you all get to share your stories um, feeling really fresh and excited about doing so. Anyway, on to this week's episode. I share my chat with Rosie, who talks me through her two pregnancies and the births of her little babies. One was in a hospital environment and the other was at home, supported by a midwife. So I think something really stood out to me um, in this episode early on was the power of sharing a positive story. Um, So many people are nervous about sharing their positive story because unfortunately, so many women don't get to have that experience um, for a number of reasons um, but someone shared their really positive story and how excited the, the woman felt at the prospect of Rosie giving birth and was asking her oh my god are you so excited um, and something really clicked with Rosie and she went into a really positive headspace and started thinking about birth as a really positive beautiful natural experience that 
seemed to be a game game changer for her um, as Rosie will tell you herself so she went and she really then deep dived into doing a lot of um, preparation when it came to knowledge doing hypnobirthing um, and she had a really positive hospital birth she then went on to have a gorgeous home birth as well supported by a midwife and she also shares those early few weeks after her first baby which was pretty tough on her body and also no doubt mentally so I will let you hear Rosie's story there's a lot to take in and I think um it's really important because I personally I would have a pen and paper um just to take down a few things uh, a few notes so enjoy this week's episode thank you Rosie for sharing your story as always if you'd like to share yours just get in touch on the website irelandsbirthstories.ie click on the share your stories tab and I'll get back to you as soon as possible with a date for recording hopefully next year and not in 2024 Um, chat to you all soon and enjoy the rest of the Christmas holidays so Rosie you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast thank you for coming on to chat to me tonight thanks for having me do you want to give us a little introduction to you and your family and then we'll get stuck into your birth stories? Yeah. So I am Rosie. My husband is Rob and I have two kids. So Patrick is two and nearly 10 months and Ava is 10 months because they were born. It's easy to remember because he was born on the 23rd and she was born on the 22nd of February. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, we were... It was touch and go whether they would be sharing birthdays there for a couple of hours, but um, no, they managed to keep separate birthdays. So we'll see how long the novelty of a shared birthday yeah. uh, party lasts. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of us. Um, so, um, yeah. So will we talk about conception on your first pregnancy. Yeah. So I think myself and Rob, we always knew we wanted kids, and we kind once we were married we were you know, not that we kind of felt like we had to wait for marriage but once we were married we're like okay well listen this is we want kids and why wait and I think we both assumed it would take a while because I you know we had a, we had a lot of friends who maybe it was it took them a while and didn't have we didn't want to take for granted that would happen instantaneously so um we kind of presumed it might take six to six to 12 months or whatever it is. So um, it didn't. We were very fortunate that um, we, uh, Patrick was conceived on our honeymoon. So um, I we, we came back and I just remember we had a wedding. We had two weddings, sorry. I had a Friday and a Saturday wedding the following weekend after coming home. And I, I didn't for a minute dream that I, I could have been pregnant. Um, so obviously when I did the test on the Monday and, you know, so I was pregnant, I was frantically Googling, you know, what effect can alcohol have yeah, on, yeah. you know, this poor, I mean, the, the, the creator wasn't probably even embedded yet, but um, still, yeah. So, um, and I just remember looking at the pregnancy test and I suppose in your twenties and stuff, pregnancy is not something that you ever, um, uh, want or, or it's, it's not something you're ever, what I definitely, what I wasn't planning for. So to look at it and to see that it was positive and for it to be a really good thing, yeah. like, you know, I just remember being like, Oh God, okay. I, I was so shocked. Um, cause I really didn't expect it. And then we kind of had to almost convince ourselves that this was a really positive thing. And it was, it was, we were absolutely delighted and, and, 
I'm thrilled. And um, yeah, and I suppose the first pregnancy, um, Patrick's pregnancy went really smoothly in general. Um, I think I, I was very lucky. I didn't have any um, any morning sickness, any symptoms bar tiredness in the first trimester anyway. And then second, I remember I, I had a friend who was pregnant and she was about... I think eight weeks ahead of me. So she was kind of being like, okay, well, I got to 12 weeks and I felt way more energy. I got, you know, I had way more energy. So I was kind of waiting for the 12 weeks. And I think I got it back about 13 weeks and I just felt great again. And then I didn't start, I think, showing till maybe 20 weeks or so. So I remember there was a distinct time around 18 weeks that I was like, God, am I, am I, am I pregnant at all? You know, I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. feel pregnant. I, I didn't look pregnant. I just, um, you know, I just felt really good. Um, and then, you know, we, we got a, we, we paid for, I went publicly in, in general. Um, and actually that my, my sister-in-law was the first person I told because in the early days I was trying to decide, do I go public? Do I go private? Because you have no, you have no idea, like until you actually get pregnant. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I need to know. But and I think, you know, on the first pregnancy, we, we didn't really want to be telling people until, until kind of, you know, we've had the first scan and stuff. So I was just like, oh, how, how, do, how do I find out this? You know, so. Um, um, so, yeah, my sister-in-law, she kind of had gone public and she'd been happy with it. So we, we kind of said, well, listen, we'll go down that route as well. And um, so, yeah, we had a first scan at 20 weeks and all good and yeah it kind of progressed with no real um um nothing really kind of um negative really um and I was able to kind of stay pretty active kind of throughout the pregnancy which I think was um quite important to me and I think I suppose the more I read about um birth and pregnancy um the more I kind of really wanted to get involved in the whole process myself um and I, I'm trying to it was actually there was one conversation which I think had um a big intact impact on me and it was with a colleague in work and I've never told in, in the work where I worked previously I never told her this and I, I wish kind of I had told her it um but I think when it's your first pregnancy and you're you're just exposed to everything you see you know on the tv and you know this is what you know pregnancy is and this is what birth is and all that kind of thing and you're not shown an alternate I remember her she just come back from maternity leave and she was like wow so are you are you looking forward to labor and birth and she was like god my birth was so great and I was like huh like it was literally the first time anyone had broached the mm. fact that you know labor and birth could be great and it didn't have to be like the you know what you what you see on tv and what you hear about because all you hear is like the awful stories and people are going oh you know, I were I I work in healthcare and I I'd often be dealing with patients in pain and stuff and they're always like oh but yeah but it's not as bad as childbirth and you're like okay well you know so you have these awful expectations and I just remember having this conversation having that conversation with her and um she was just so positive about it and she recommended that I do some hypnobirthing and recommended um the Tracy Donegan book the 
is it the better birth with the the, this Irish, the Irish specific one gentle birth yeah yeah and, and yeah and it was um yeah they were amazing and she lent them to me and I read them and again that was my first kind of dalliance into um looking at like birthing as a, as a very positive thing and something that you could have a lot of control about because again up until that I would have been like hand me the drugs hand me the epidural like you know I wouldn't have been I'd have been very happy to kind of medicate me up and that kind of thing and the more I read about it and then I got Rob to read about it and we were like oh, okay no like that's not necessarily um doesn't have to be normal and doesn't have to be the way you do it because it's very much I don't know again um I suppose it's it's the norm is what everyone else experiences and that's that's all the information I was getting that you know you, ha- you have to do xyz and all that kind of thing so um so yeah I think um definitely those um I did I signed up to a hypnobirthing course and I found that really helpful and um again that yeah, the Tracy Donegan book was fantastic because it, it just went through all the eventualities as well and all the you know um the potential you know painkillers or different options that you could have and um the, the pros and or the risks and benefits of all those kind of things as well so um yeah I, I definitely went into it kind of feeling you know a lot more positive about it and I think I really I, I said it as a um or I saw it as a, a bit of a kind of challenge as well I I'd be you know I'd be would have been quite fit and I would have done a lot of um um kind of I enjoy a uh, good a little endurance triathlon that kind of thing so I would used to kind of seeing what my body could do but okay. I very much saw um I was kind of like god I'm really interested to see how I cope with labor and and that kind of thing I was I was really not as not as a challenge yeah but kind of as a challenge that yeah, I saw I was, yeah. hey, well what's, what's how's my body gonna cope and you know I don't I kind of don't feel like I have a low pain threshold but I'm not sure if it's high either so I wonder how I'll get on with that and so it was, I was quite I was really excited about it actually and I think as I as it as it kind of as I progressed on I kind of got more excited about it and I as I said I tried to keep kind of fit and swimming and running and or no sorry I stopped running at about 20 weeks but um was kind of walking and that kind of thing so um so yeah and then then I changed jobs yeah so you know when you voice to people say if people ask you how do you feel about birth or this and the other you know the way you come across that especially in your first pregnancy did you let people know that you were excited just to kind of put that guard up that you don't want to hear (laughs) um Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm. Um, because but people would be very quick to go, ah, yeah, no, I'll wait, yeah. till now you're, wait till you're in it. They'd like, they'd really like to shoot you down and kind of mm. be like, ah, little, you're, you're, you're lovely and innocent and naive. And you're like, no, but you know, I genuinely am. And, you know, we've been doing it since the dawn of time. So, you know, like there has to be something innately um positive about the whole thing aside from having you know the um the wonderful baby at the end of it so um so then how were you in your final trimester so in my final trimester I did I it definitely got a bit harder and I changed jobs 
when I was I started a new job when I was about 30 weeks um, oh, okay. which for for that period of time so we knew that there was a move kind of coming up but I we didn't want to do it till after the maternity leave um so we stayed where we had been living so it meant about an hour and 20 minute commute each way um okay. which I found really a struggle um especially it was January time so I like I think I probably finished work a bit earlier than I would have otherwise because I just I mean the actual practicality of sitting in my car and mm-hmm. driving and with the bump and everything like that as well as just the tiredness and stuff so um I finished about 35 weeks I think it was and then um and I was delighted I did because um Patrick ended up coming at 30 Patrick came the day before my maturity was officially start, due to start so mm-hmm. I was really delighted I had those kind of two two and a half weeks of full-on nesting and um frantically um you know <laughs> decorating his because we knew we weren't going to be in the house really for you know we might be in it for kind of 10 12 months um so I didn't want to be doing too much before we moved out but still you want um, your first born to be in a in a room that lo- resembles um a kind of a nursery not that he ever slept a night in it, but anyway <laughs> kind of a, a different story um so so yeah and um yeah so I think I was I was feeling I was feeling pretty good actually to be honest um I think I was I was really lucky throughout the pregnancy that I, I generally felt very well um and I think it was, um, will I go on to when? Yeah, so just talk us through the early signs of labour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I I remembered distinctly that we were sitting, it was a Friday night, we were sitting on the couch and we were due to do our second hypnobirthing class the next morning. And then I was meeting my mum to go to the cinema or something. I can't remember what I was going to see, but... um, so we're sitting watching a movie and I went up to go to the toilet and I yeah, one of those moments was I was like, oh, did I did I wee myself a little bit? Or what what is that? Or you know, I, I'm like, is it is it a discharge? Is it I didn't pay too much attention to it and uh went back and went to bed and then I think I woke up around three o'clock or something and again there was kind of could feel a little trickle and I was like okay so I got up and then I started you know I started googling you know signs of waters breaking and um everything was kind of like put a pad in if it's soaked within an hour then your waters are probably gone or it could be your hind waters or whatever it is so I did that and got up again and it's like it was maybe a little bit damp, but you know, nothing, nothing, nothing that kind of obvious. So I thought, oh no, it's not it. Um, and went back to bed, and then I kind of woke up at six o'clock, and I could still feel. I was like, oh, there's, you know, there's something, something happening here. But you know, I felt well otherwise. So um, I rang the maternity unit, and I just, you know, I kind of gave them an update and they were and I was due to be going in there anyway for the hypnobirthing so they said listen pop in a bit early I had to uh, drop in a sample anyway so um I said pop in a bit early and 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 we'll see so we were kind of getting ready and 
I think we were going in my husband's car and the bag was in my car. And I was like, oh, will we move it? Will we not? And uh, listen, we'll, we'll throw it in anyway. And so we headed it in and we went into the unit and they often, they were kind of doing the tests. And, you know, I don't think they were overly concerned. Like the trace was fine. Um, there wasn't much, you know, I suppose coming out of me or anything like that. Um, so I got Rob to run down and just tell the hypnobirthing that we'd be a little bit late. I was just getting checked out. And then they came in and they did a little um, swab to test if it was amniotic fluid. And then she, I remember the doctor and she was like, yeah, that's amniotic fluid now. So you're going to have your baby. And I just burst into tears. I was just like, so I think so shocked because I suppose you, you wait nearly nine months for this to happen and then when it actually you're told it's going to happen I just just didn't feel prepared at all for it um so yeah so then we were they kind of they wanted us to stay in so even though I mean in hindsight we only lived about 15 minutes from the hospital I like I kind of wish I'd got fought my corner a bit and gone home um but anyway we stayed in and they kind of worked it out out that I'd have to start the prophylactic antibiotics that evening so um yeah so we kind of we got the ball and we just uh just hung around the hospital waiting really um went for a few walks they didn't want us to go too far and um we went for lunch across the road and um yeah we walked up and down the stairs sideways and kind Were of you feeling anything at all no no no. nothing at all nothing at all um and yeah rolling on the ball all that kind of stuff and then mm. Rob went home then that evening and I got to, I went to bed and I think they started me on oh yeah no the doctor she came and she did a sweep that evening and that was really uncomfortable really uncomfortable really not nice um and but you know nothing nothing happened um then and yeah, so it started me on the antibiotics and I went to bed and just lay there kind of every tiny little twinge I thought I felt. I was, you know, God, is this it or is that it or is that it or, you know, um, so nothing happened. Next morning, nothing at all. Um, and then she came, the doctor came back. I'm pretty sure she did a second sweep that morning. And then... They were kind of, they had told me that they'd bring me back down for an induction at, I think, nine o'clock or something. And then, you know, nothing was happening. So we were trying to kind of chase them. And, um, and you know, I was so, I was feeling so impatient and waiting. And I just yeah. remember two other women in the room with me, both of whom were expecting twins. And... I think one was maybe 35 weeks, the other was 34 weeks, and they'd been in hospital since 30 weeks. So anytime I got felt a bit too impatient, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, it's all, it's all relative, like, you know. Um, so yeah, then at half, I was brought down to the delivery suite about 11, I think, and hooked up to the oxytocin trip at half 11 and then yeah then they kind of started ramping up and it got it went like you know I think pretty went from like feeling nothing at all 
to, you know, yeah, feeling a lot uh, very quickly. Um, so I found, yeah, I found that quite in, in intense. Um, but I think, you know, I think you do kind of, you know, it's, it's, I remember, I remember in the preparation, everything, they're kind of like, oh, don't, don't watch the time and um, really focus on what's happening to your body and all that kind of thing. And I, I didn't kind of believe it because I was like, God, if you, you know, how could you do that for 10, 12 hours? Whereas I think when you're in the throes of it, time becomes just so irrelevant, irrelevant because you're just, yeah. you do, you just go very much into yourself and you kind of, I think you do try and block out um, where you are in the environment as much as possible. So, um, yeah, we kind of, I was using, I used a, I wanted to stay kind of as mobile as I, mobile as I, I could. So I had the, I had the the ball, but I did find it very awkward because I was being induced. They had the kind of constant monitoring on my belly and that kept falling off. And then um, anytime I move position, we'd have to like, drop it back on and I did like I did find that quite restrictive um and but you know my I remember my midwife was you know she was she was great now and she she was very um you know she sat me down and she went through my my birth plan or my birth kind of wishes and intentions and stuff and she was very supportive in that regard um and we tried to create a kind of a nice environment we had music we had like me a playlist I had um played on or I had chosen on and um you know Rob was there and stuff and we were very lucky this was literally three weeks before the COVID restrictions came in so we kind of we were very lucky in that regard that we didn't have any restrictions on us um so yeah so I think um I remember at one stage the contractions being quite intense and I very much found the position which I felt most comfortable in was the the back of the bed up and kind of leaning on the back of the bed and um uh and and doing lots of uh kind of half squats and then straightening up and kind of um I suppose moving with the with the um the surges and that and I you was using the gas and air and I found that really helpful really good actually um and I think at one stage said she was like okay I know you 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 wanted me to ask you would you like a an epidural before it was you know maybe you're you're, you're too, kind of um too far gone or whatever and she was like what do you think and I remember kind of her I was saying to her okay well you know how much worse does this get you know how how am I doing and she was like listen you're doing great I actually you know it's not going to get much more intense than this um and you know she was like I think you can do it without it and I you know I think somebody else having the belief in you you know yeah like, okay, amazing right. yeah. okay I can do this I game changer yeah absolutely you know whereas if if she, you know and especially because you are very much you know especially for your first labor and everything you it's completely unknown territory for mm. you and they're the professionals and they're the ones who see it all the, the time so you put a lot of trust in in their opinion and, and and that kind of thing so it was really like to hear her kind of say you can do it I was like right okay I can do this okay we'll do it with just the gas and air so um so yeah and we kind of 
we tried different positions um kind of over the back of the bed as I said was most comfortable for me we tried doing like um kind of squatting down um holding onto the bed but I just like my legs couldn't couldn't hold me and um yeah you know and and, and that was definitely and actually side lying on my side was quite comfortable as well and she had one of the peanut balls um which I had my legs on which was really nice so we just like I think it just tried to stay as mobile as possible and then I mean I, I have no idea at what time later but I think sooner than any of us expected I kind of said oh I, I think I need to push and like oh no, no way I now I know I, I don't think I don't think you need to push and I was like mm, I think I do and she was like okay well listen like let's let's have a look and let's see and because I, I think maybe I was only on the maybe I was two three hours I, I I don't know um and they they kind of they did an exam and they were like oh, okay no actually no there's there's a head yep you can, ah, you, cool. can you can push and I was like oh okay like <laughs> delighted because you know again I had this like hours and hours in my head so um so I'm trying to think there was definitely at one point she was like oh I I, I really before we get to that like we it would be great now if you if you um did a wee um because I was on the you're on the fluids the whole time as well I did feel like I was about to burst and Sorry. I think you know she was like um she was like now here's here's a bedpan and I was like like I have never peed in a bed what you know it's how just, do you aim into that when you're lying on your side <laughs> yeah exactly I was like uh no and I was like I really I think I'd first put toilet and she was like oh I really would have prefer you not to go to the toilet and I was like well I just you know I'm like will not be able to pee in that so you know Rob tell, now I, I don't know if I believe him but Rob tells me that like baby was practically crowning and I was like running across the the, the corridor to do a wee um mid kind of like following me just making sure nothing happened um but yeah anyway we we kind of got back and we started pushing and then the pushing phase I remember I remember someone one of my good friends described to me pushing it's not painful just like trying to do a really big poo so I had kind of that in my head and it wasn't like it it wasn't painful per se but like it's just that that pressure is very intense um and yeah so the pushing the pushing phase lasted um quite a while um and I was yeah like I remember just feeling exhausted and you know um you know when you're kind of having two people down the other end of you kind of going go on go on it's like you're at a match or something and you're like oh god you know what um and like I can't you know I was kind of for Rob I think I was racing against him and we we're trying to change positions and um then they kind of they were like, okay, I think we need to, we need to do a little, um, you know, a little cauter, a little episiotomy. So they got one of the doctors in for that. And um, yeah, I think they, they did the little cot and then maybe one or two pushes later, um, Patrick was born. So um, yeah, so I think from, he was born at 4.27. So I think from start to finish, it was four hours. So um yeah I was you know you know five hours yeah so um yeah so it was really um I suppose it was quite quick and quite intense um but 
yeah like you know so once they once they put them on your your chest you're like oh this is the best feeling ever and um and he had like a full head of hair he was just um yeah full head of hair which he never lost so um yeah so it was really special and we were really lucky because like we got actually remember it was that time when between him being born and us leaving the delivery suite was it must have been about two hours like it was it was lovely and we were just kind of left to our own devices and um because you know um the midwife had so much paperwork to do and that kind of thing and you know yeah the tea tea and the toast was I mean people tell you but god it's not until you actually taste it you're (laughs) like this is literally oh my god I hadn't had like white slice pan in years (laughs) and you know the really cheap marmalade that you'd never have I was like this is like manna from heaven like it's gorgeous um and And how did you decide to feed Patrick did you breastfeed him or bottle feed him yeah I breastfed him so um definitely I was the I was always I suppose I was approaching it with you know that's definitely um what I'd like to do and I hope you know I, I'll do what I can to to make it work and I was really really lucky he latched on really well for the first feed and I remember I remember you know thinking oh my god this is what it feels like you know because I'd never you know you just you kind of know in theory what you're going to do but I was like oh I never knew what it would actually feel like so um so yeah that was really special and um and yeah he fed he fed from day one really he fed um really well bar I think the first night because he's born half four so the first night and the second night I think I was really lucky that um the midwives on the postnatal ward were were great because I must have rang the bell like five or six times like just couldn't get him I couldn't get him on myself but once he I just you know you just don't know how like it's completely new skill no idea how to do it nobody teaches you um and you know you'd be kind of I'd be there and holding him and trying to get him to kind of um you know whatever is it kind of nipple to bottom lip top lip I can't remember what it is now I can't remember when they're newborn you're like what what I did there was some skill that you're so tense and sweaty and it's awkward yeah yeah oh exactly and um and then the midwives would come in and they'd just be like they'd grab him and they'd like thrust him onto you like really like oh my god look at this poor little child they're so delicate and what are you doing um but then he'd latch and he'd um, he'd feed and um you know I think when you're when I think of Ava compared to Patrick you know with him I was I had my um my my hair bobbin on the wrist and I I'd like change yes. yeah, yeah. sides and I was like timing I think for the first three weeks I timed every feed at every time of the night to make sure that you know whatever I was trying to achieve with that I can't remember um and the nappies so, do you remember the app that would have the feeds and the wet and dirty nappies and I used to do it religiously yeah. with Oliver and then with Eva I was like oh actually I don't I have to do this and then if like a couple of probably hours in I was like screw that like yeah. <laughs> you've enough to do yeah, yeah yeah and it's even it's the stuff like at night you're like I have to I have to get up and change their nappies what yeah. you know it's again with like with Patrick it was like we were getting up and we were yes. changing table and we are <laughs> whereas with Ava it's like you know smack it on her trying yeah. not to even open my second eye but um yeah so yeah no so um the hospital I was I was kept 
for we discharged on the Tuesday. Um, so they did all the checks and all that kind of thing. And um, I was there. Yeah, it was kind of it was it was yeah, it was nice to be honest. It was like again, like Rob was able to come in and 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 kind of spend the day with me and um you know you just kind of you just you do feel very uh vulnerable vulnerable tender and um you're sore and like I'd never been in I'd never spent a night in hospital you know and um you're kind of it's all kind of unknown and you're terrified of because like obviously they had the they had her in the what you call it the bassinet thing um but I, I kind of, because I was, I was feeding her, I was, she was just waking a lot, you know, that famous first and second night. And um, I was kind of like, oh, like, I just keep her in the bed with me. I, I can't be like physically getting out of bed and putting her down and trying to like settle her the whole time. So I kind of, the nurse was, half, the midwife's very happy that I, I kind of, I just bolstered up and um, it was safe enough and she stepped in the bed with me and yeah sure like half the time you just look at them going oh my god how what how did this happen look at them like aren't they perfect um so so yeah that so like yeah that was really nice and um we went home then and yeah like then like it was just starting to be the COVID talk was starting to ramp up a little bit and I think as easy as my um antenatal period was I found the postnatal especially the first couple of weeks really um challenging and tough and I ended up kind of a week a week after a week and a half after being discharged I ended up with a, an infection in my episiotomy which was horrendous um and again it was one of those things that it was it was sore and it was tender. I was chatting to a friend who'd also had one. And I was we we're trying to quantify, you know. So, so how how sore was it for you? Mm. And so, for how many days now were you not able to like really sit down? And then I was like, God, I think mine's a lot worse than that. Like, you know, now what's going on? And sure, like, whereas like the two of us are as bad. Like, we both work in healthcare, and um, then. I remember on the one of the, the Thursday, the public health nurse came out and I was like, listen, I'm I'm really sore. And um, will you have a look? And she was like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's like that. You infected now. You need to go to hospital. And we're like, all oh, right, OK. Um, but once I was on the antibiotics, I was like within a day or two, I was absolutely perfect. Um, um, or I was feeling much better anyway. Um, and then I suppose the, the kind of the actual healing could happen and then the following literally the following week I think I just that day I finished the antibiotics for the episiotomy I woke up and my I can't remember one of my boobs my right boob was really sore no redness or anything um just tender so I kind of thought oh maybe did I sleep with the bra or I didn't I can't remember what but you know I was like oh maybe Mm. the bra was too tight or whatever and there was it wasn't wasn't that hardness it wasn't the typical maybe kind of um mastitis signs and then I I kind of I stayed in because I was staying in bed kind of um I was trying to stay in bed most most mornings and I woke up at one point and I was absolutely frozen couldn't I was like just lying in bed shivering I was like god this isn't normal and I took my temperature and it was you know 40 point something 
And initially, of course, I was like, oh, my God, I've got I've got the COVID. And um, yeah, I think the, the lockdown had happened. The schools had closed on that Monday. So this was Thursday. So it was so new and so terrifying. And I remember, I think I, I moved, like I moved Patrick into the hallway and I just stayed in my room. And I was like, I think Rob was at work. And I was like, oh, God, what do I do? I don't want to infect him. And you know, I can't go to my GP because, you know, nobody's seen anybody. And I had a good friend who was a GP. So I messaged her and I was like, hypothetically, if someone presented with these symptoms, what do you think? And she was like, no, that sounds like mastitis. I was like, mm. okay, okay, that's okay. So I did a telephone consult with my GP then and he got me antibiotics and um, Rob picked them up for me and I started on them. And again, the next day I was feeling like almost normal again. So um yeah just between the kind of the two two sets of antibiotics and everything I just it yeah it was um it was a rough couple of weeks and then you know you're kind of I just remember um you know then they're talking about lockdowns and um like you know it I think it all you know it all feels quite overwhelming and you're like oh god you know no one's going to see him and um, I think he got a few visitors, yeah, in his first like two weeks. Not not many, just kind of, and all people I I wanted to see, so that was really nice. Yeah. Um, but then, um, yeah, then then yeah, then we went kind of into lockdown, and that was that was kind of that was it. And it was weird because I think for us, we became parents, and COVID hit at exactly the same time, so our lives utterly changed. But we never we we were we never able to discern how much of it or discern how much of it was because of COVID and how much mm. it was because we became parents. And in some ways we were very lucky because Rob started working from home. So he was actually there, you know, five days a week. So we were able to kind of set up a nice little routine where he might take Patrick for an hour or two in the morning and I'd be able to get an extra bit of a lie-in. And um if ever it got you know, if ever the day got a little bit too much, I could just kind of be like, listen, take him for an hour. I'm, you know, I'm going for a walk or I'm just going to sit outside by myself for a little while or whatever it was. Um, so that made a big difference to us. Um, but also meant we missed nothing. Like there was no, there's no weddings, there was no parties. There was no yeah, nothing that would have been like, oh, you know, God, God, if we didn't have Patrick, we might have gone to that. You know, there was no holidays. There was no literally nothing so um yeah it was quite a quite a strange strange time um and obviously we didn't get to do any of the kind of baby groups and that kind of thing but um yeah I suppose when you you don't know what you're missing out on at the same time so I I don't know if I missed it all that much so um so yeah that was kind of that was Patrick Yes, so tell me when you decided to. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Conceive again, or did you? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we, we kind of, we, we knew we'd, we wanted to go for <clears throat> number two. And I kind of for probably not the the right reasons but like I kind of felt because I had started a new job and worked there for six weeks and then gone maternity leave for a year I was like I'd like to be in the job a year before you know going out going out again um and I I I think I just for to feel ready to conceive again I you know I think um uh you know it, it it took a while for me to feel ready for that because actually one of the other things which I think is um you know again I think not a lot of people talk enough about is that I got a prolapse after Patrick as well so um that was another thing that really affected me and it was 100% my own fault as well because um you know I'm a physio so I knew exactly what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing and I started I was doing all my floor exercises and about I think it was about eight or nine weeks I was like mm, okay I'll, I'll try a little jog and then went for the jog and I was fine and then I kept kind of building it up but about 11 weeks I went for a run and then I literally I literally felt it prolapse I was like oops something's happened here and it's just this heaviness and that kind of thing so um at that stage I went to a pelvic health physio a woman's health physio and she was like oh yeah yeah you're you're not great at the old pelvic floors and I was there you know doing them thinking I was doing it all right and being like oh sure I know what I'm doing so um and I still wasn't doing them right at all so I think um <laughs> my advice to everyone is go to see a woman's health physio before yeah, you yeah, go back yeah. to do anything um so anyway yeah I think um it took a like a lot of rehab and I had a like a, a pessary for a couple of months um, and, you know, I eventually got back running and then I got back running without the pessary. And so I like it took a while for me to feel ready to go down the whole route of being pregnant again and kind of lose, feeling like I might lose all that I had worked for. So, um, 
Yeah, your body but went through yeah. a lot postnatally, didn't it? It really did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It did. And that's why it's like antenatally, like, or like it was, in, it really was a breeze. You know, my the pregnancy mm. was easy. And then the postpartum just, just, and again, I just, I didn't expect it because you prepare for your antenatal and you prepare for the birth. And then you don't prepare for anything else after that. Or I hadn't. Um, or I hadn't even thought, you know, like you're, yeah, yeah. you can only you can only think so far before your your brain explodes. So um I, I really felt, yeah, that the postpartum part of it was um was was tough, um very much physically on me. But um, but I got there, you know, and and um I was back feeling like pretty, pretty um good again physically and that kind of thing so that was nice um and then yeah so Ava was yeah we just kind of after um Patrick turned yeah after he was one we were kind of like okay let's 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 um see how that this goes and we were very lucky again that it um it happened very quickly for us um but oh my god the second pregnancy was like now, again, relatively speaking, it wasn't bad. But the first trimester, I felt like I had been hit by a bus. I was exhausted. And at that stage, I was still feeding Patrick. And he was, I mean, we were, I was, so in in January of that year, we had moved. Um, and I had, I had moved into a mattress on his bedroom floor and we were co-sleeping and he was feeding a couple of times a night. His sleep was from the get go. His sleep was not good. Um, but we just rolled with it, you know? Um, and yeah, first trimester was kind of working four days a week and getting home in the evenings and taking to the couch and not being able to move off the couch which would be so unlike me I'd usually try and get out for a walk or something but I felt horrendous um not sick thankfully um just tired absolutely wiped um so yeah so it was around that time we we night weaned Patrick and that was an absolute game changer like oh my god I think it took about it took it was a tough week and Rob did most of it um and I think we got like after maybe seven or eight nights we got our first like 12 hour block and it was just the most wonderful thing <laughs> I've ever experienced it was just like oh wow he can do it because he'd, he'd never done it before so like wow it is possible um it's great when you have such a supportive partner because we had to do it with um Eva because it was yeah. just it was kind of at the stage where it was just unnecessary and I needed it like I yeah, couldn't function yeah. and then yeah, yeah. Sean Sean made a call he was like will you let me do this for you yeah 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 yeah. and I think that's it like I think because I hadn't I hadn't really been ready and I hadn't wanted to do it but then because it never bothered me that much um but yeah when you know and but it came to the time and you know uh in fairness Rob kind of stepped up to the mark and I because you know I'd been getting up and feeding him you know for the past 18 months so he mm. couldn't uh, begrudge me a week of a week of hardship and um yeah then and, and it was great actually it was it was great and um and I think I started to feel like a bit more myself um though I did like in the in the first kind of I think about six and about eight weeks as well I had a little bit of kind of early bleeding and again I think you know 
any blood in the first trimester is kind of scary and stuff. And you know, it's like, oh, if it's a period, and I was like, oh, maybe it's a light period, you know, you're kind of like trying to quantify it and you're just in mm. panic mode. So I had a few early scan. I think I had a scan at, I don't know, six weeks and eight weeks. And then I had my 12 week, but always fine and always good. But like they were, you know, like everything you're resorting to Google, it's like, oh yeah, it's probably normal, but it may not be normal. So you should get it checked out. And you're kind of, you know, we're so ingrained. I don't want to put them out and don't want to go in. If I go in, then it it means it's something and I don't want it to be something. And um, anyway, so thankfully that was, that was all um, fine. And yeah, the pregnancy progressed pretty well. Yeah, pretty good. Um, um, But I think, again, I was working in the hospital at the time and we were going through various covid um whatever uh, uh, swarms covid waves and um i think i finished working about 26 weeks or so um and actually you know the only other thing i had in that pregnancy in the pregnancy was i had a really severe um case of what I think was round ligament pain but again I'd had it with Patrick a little bit where it was you know it was the typical dull ache and that kind of thing whereas I remember I was on the ward with the students and I was and I I just got this I don't know I just got this pain I suppose around my bump this was early this probably about 23 24 weeks um and I just I, I remember talking to them but you know when you're talking to someone and I could feel I was like I'm not even sure if I'm making sense I'm, I'm, I feel like my eyes were glazed over and I was like because I felt like I was going to faint and I was like okay I just have to go downstairs and I went downstairs and I lay down and it wasn't improving and um I but it was very you know it was kind of right in my in my groin like it didn't feel like necessarily in my bump and and again you know I think you try and convince yourself I was like I'm sure I'm fine I'm sure I'm fine um and of course like I should have just gone to the maternity unit that was like on site um but I was like I'll go home I'll be fine I'll be fine and I went home and it didn't really improve so I rang my GP and I'd be good friends with him as well and he was like you know take some you know take some um kind of painkillers and see if it improves but like you probably do have to get it checked out if uh, if there's an issue. And so then I ended up having to get like my mom to come up to pick up Patrick. And then I drove back into the hospital that I'd left, you know, four hours earlier that I could have just gone and getting checked out at the time. But anyway, um, I went in and got checked out and they were like, yeah, no, this is, you know, everything's fine. It's probably just round ligament, but it was just really um, a really strange kind of intense um uh yeah really pain but again thankfully always always well um and then yeah yeah so I suppose early pretty early on in Ava's pregnancy I had I kind of um thought I had thought very very briefly um with Patrick about a home birth but I just I think I just don't think I was brave enough um on the first pregnancy to uh, to ex- explore it I just uh, you know I think there was too many unknowns and I didn't know how I'd cope and that kind of thing so whereas in this pregnancy um, I knew you know I knew I could manage the pain you know that was fine I'm, I 
survived on gas and air when I was being induced. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, the, in, the contractions with the induction tend to be worse than, um, I suppose, a natural pregnancy or a natural spontaneous labor and stuff. So I was like, OK, yeah, I can handle the pain side of it. And I just really liked the idea of being at home. And again, I think because I worked in the hospital, I really didn't like the idea of, I just know why this weird thing about coming into work to have my baby. I know it wasn't, you know, it's just, I just didn't like that idea. Um, and yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I rang, I think I was, I rang um, my midwife and I rang her pretty early. Like I think I was six or seven weeks and I kind of, I, 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 I spoke to her and um she was kind of she told me the process so to kind of let them know the 12 week appointment um and then I'd see a consultant to be signed off at 20 weeks so that was kind of how it was um how it was done and um then I you know kind of I had to I had to broach the topic with Rob as well you know and kind of yeah. see how he see how he felt about it and all and I think um you know I think I had kind of the more I read about it the more to be honest to me it felt really um counterintuitive to go into a hospital to have my baby as so much so that I really didn't like the idea of it um when I could potentially you know I was I knew I was low risk at that stage and that um that all being well that um you know homework would be home birth would be viable and you know I was happy in the evidence that it, the safety you know it was it's going to be um as safe as as anything else and I think once kind of that was sold to Rob as well he kind of he was very much on board and happy with it um so so yeah so we we met the consultant at 20 weeks and we were kind of able to ask him any questions and she was like yeah you know that's that's fine that's, that's no problem so um so yeah and then like I really I mean it's I mean for me anyway it was such an amazing service like really I just you know it's like the one thing the HSE has done really really well and um nobody knows about it you know it's it's mad um so we had our first at that stage I was working from home so all my appointments were at home I didn't have to go into the hospital um which was amazing and she came out I think at 28 weeks and then we did all our appointments and chatted through everything and you know you kind of you really just you get to know somebody and you really get to and you get to like to kind of get a gauge of where they're at and like I got to the stage where I was like okay I know she gets me and I know like we went through what like I suppose my my wishes would be around the birth and that kind of thing and I knew she got that and I, so I knew if she suggested anything that maybe I wouldn't have something be something I liked there would be a reason why she'd have done it you know that she wasn't going to um suggest anything that unless it you know if you get me unless it needed to happen or whatever um so I think having that that like that relationship is just I don't know you know it's just amazing um so 
yeah, we had our we had um, our appointments, and I think towards the end of the pregnancy, we really myself and Rob went on to pretty much lockdown because at that stage, I think you know if I got COVID, then there'd be questions about whether I'd be able to have the home birth and whether I, you know, you, at that stage, I think you were going to have to go into heparin and all this kind of thing. So we're just like, not nah, just, um, just we won't see anyone, we won't go anywhere, um, which to be honest, is very easy to do because there wasn't too much on. Um, and yeah, like I was feeling pretty, pretty good towards the end of the pregnancy. And I remember, um, I think it was on, I had kind of I wanted to do a little birthday for Patrick before baby was born to kind of make a bit of a deal of him. Um so I had planned that for the Sunday, I think. Um and then close to the time I was like, why are we doing that? What? You know, we're we've isolated ourselves for the past few, you know, two months, and now we're going to invite both our families to for a completely unnecessary party that the two-year-old will never remember. So I was like, no, I cancelled that. And I'm so delighted because I woke up that morning and I felt like absolute crap. Um, exhausted, couldn't get out of bed, and just absolute rubbish. Um, and then I remember the Monday I woke up and I was like a new woman. I had like all this energy and it was a beautiful day and went for a walk and went for a coffee and all was great. And then I got to the end of the day and it was one of those days where I was like, oh, like I was busy all day. I was kind of like, God, I don't know if I um, did I feel baby move that much or, you know, maybe I'll go up and I'll lie down for an hour and just, um, you know, just kind of just uh, re- reset a little bit. Um, so I went upstairs and yeah, like I could feel movement, but it definitely, you know, it like all through pregnancy, baby was really vigorous. And I always felt like she was more vigorous than Patrick, but then I could think you can never compare. You always think it's maybe different to the last one or, oh God, I never remember it being like this, but maybe it was. Um, but yeah, she'd been really, really vigorous and she was still, she was still kicking away, but she just didn't have that intensity. And I was like, okay. Um, but like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't worried. And I had kind of, I had kind of read that sometimes there can be a, almost a little lull before the, before the big event but I didn't think too much of it um and then I woke up at half one that morning and I was just like oh okay this is I felt a trickle and I stood up and there wasn't a gush but there was um more of a telltale than I had with Patrick um so I was like so I was like okay will I wake up Rob there was no contractions or anything at this stage so I woke up Rob and I was like, okay, Rob, my water's broken. And he was like, yes, okay, let's go. Um, so we went downstairs and we, we blew up our pool and we, um, you know, I, what, I, I ate some cereal and like, we were all kind of ready to go. And then, you know, it was an hour later and I was like, right, yeah, absolutely nothing's happening. So um, I rang and she was like, right, I'll be out at, you know, half six, uh, you know, let me know if anything else happens. And yeah, I think Rob and I went back to bed then. And I kind of, you know, I was just like sitting there in anticipation. And then, yeah, no, okay, I'll just go back to bed as well. Not that, you know, you're going to sleep that much. But I think I did. I slept a bit and I got up at half five and I ate some more because, um, uh, yeah, Rob gets very anxious about food. So he had kind of, he was kind of encouraging me, just, you just need to eat, eat as much as possible, like get as much food into you as possible. So, um, 
came at half six then and she kind of um, examined me and um, yeah I don't think there was anything uh, much I think she was even mine like so she was like it's definitely your waters that went now and I was like yeah no I definitely didn't wean myself there was no question this time it was definitely my waters and she was like oh okay so um uh so she was like okay I'll, I'll I'll do you mind if I do do a sweep so I hadn't wanted to do a sweep but you know I kind of knew I was on a clock you know it was the same as last time mm-hmm. I'd have what 18 to 24 hours and then you know it'd be bang bang same as last time so I was like listen I want every opportunity to to have this um to have this um baby at home so I said yeah and do the sweep and it's just you know I think it comes down to when you know someone, when you trust someone, but like the sweep compared to the previous sweep was like, I mean, it was completely different. It was, you know, I mean, gentle feels like a weird kind of word to use, but it was really, it was so um, uh, gentle. Yeah, it was so yeah. gentle. No other word. No other word. Whereas like in comparison, I was like, Jesus, the last one was like, practically barbaric like it was awful um so you know it's just it's, yeah um so then yes did the sweep and then I spent the morning so she said give us a ring at two o'clock she was on shift in the hospital actually that day so she's like give me a ring at two o'clock and let me know how things are going so I mean I spent the morning I was drinking raspberry leaf tea till it came out my ears I was eating dates I was expressing colostrum. I had, I'd say, about two baths that morning. I walked, just everything I could think of because I was like, I, you know, which I'm not sure it helped because I was so frantic trying to do everything to get this labour started. Um, and then at two o'clock, nothing had happened. And frankly, she's like, okay, listen, there's still time, but we probably need to come up with a little bit of a plan. So she spoke to the consultant. The consultant was happy to give me the 20 four hours so I'd have to start the antibiotics at half one so we're like okay well, do we go into the hospital I don't want to go into the hospital half one so but I also don't want to go in at eight I want to give myself every opportunity so we decided we'd go into half 11 and so kind of she was happy enough with that um if needed and um yeah then I kind of I was just you know I was on my ball I was listening to my hypnobirthing and trying to relax um but kind of, I don't know, I think part of me was like a little bit resigned. Yeah. Like this is the, this is exactly what happened with Patrick. And, you know, it's, you know, I was, yeah, I think I was pretty, just felt quite disappointed by the whole thing because, you know, I really, I've like we really invested in, in, in mm. um, the home birth and what it would mean and how it would pan out. So, you know, obviously when things start, don't go to plan, it's that bit harder. But anyway, we, about four o'clock, around four, half four, I, I was like just having kind of this, I don't know, odd sensation in my, or a down around my sacrum and stuff. And, but nothing, just just maybe a bit of I don't know, pressure. I didn't know how to describe it. Um, and around five o'clock or so, I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. So went for the walk and I could feel there was a lot of pressure around my back, but absolutely nothing at the front. Um, and I suppose because I never I didn't go through a natural kind of spontaneous labor with Patrick I, I didn't know what it felt like so you know I was googling like back labor and all this kind of thing and I was like oh I don't know and um, 
towards the end of the walk, I was like, oh, maybe like, maybe there's something here I could like, could I time it? I don't know. And I got the, had, got the contraction timer. And I think I started timing around quarter past, uh, yeah, around five o'clock or five, half five. And I was like, mm, like, I don't know, you know, I, I feel like this could all be in my head. Like I wanted them to, I wanted these um, contractions to happen so much that I've literally willed them on and they don't actually exist. And so then I, Rob rang me a bath and I got into the bath and um, I had the timer on and I, by the end of the bath, I was like, okay, no, I'm, this is, this is labor. No, I am, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm having kind of consistent, you know, I can't remember what the timings were, but I'm, you know, I'm definitely having, I'm kind of, uh, there's definitely an ebb and a flow to what's happening here. There's mm-hmm. definitely something happening. Um, so I remember being like okay no this is this is happening this is good and then obviously last minute I was like Rob we haven't done the we haven't put up the next to me so I was lying in the bath and he was like cursing in the other room trying to put up the the next to me you know lastminute.com and um you know the thing was never used but anyway besides the point um so I got out of the bath then and went downstairs and I think at that stage I ran and I was like, yeah, it's, I think it's happened. It's, you know, we're, 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 um, you know, we're all systems go. And she was so thrilled for me. And she was, I just, she was like, oh, I was so disappointed for you earlier. Cause I know how much you wanted yeah, this. No doubt. Was, yeah. just, you know, she was so thrilled. So she was like, okay, listen, let me know if anything happens, but otherwise I'll be out at nine o'clock. So I was like, that's grand. Cause you know, I kind of things only kicked off around half five. So, um, so yeah, so then like they gradually, I suppose, started to ramp up, but it was lovely. Like we were able to, you know, I had, the room was like, you know, we had the fairy lights off and the lights dimmed and it was very much, um, made of whatever music I wanted playing. And it was very much, um, just a really relaxing, nice, space to be in and it was you know it's home like you're just you're comfortable there um so yeah I think yeah I think Rob sat me down and put a chicken stew in front of me at about seven o'clock and I was like oh Jesus like of all the things now I want to eat like I have to eat for your energy nice smelly chicken stew <laughs> oh like I mean I was like this is Thought is lovely. I think I like pulled out the bread, and I was like, I really go uh, give me some jellies or something. Um, because I know they was like, oh, you know, you need to eat labor, but like I had no appetite at all. Um, so I think I'm just trying, like, yeah. So I think things started to ramp up, and I think it was around that time I had like texted my mom because I, I had let her know what was happening. And I texted her, and I was like, I'm. I think labor started. I don't think we're going into hospital. And that was the message. Um, so I sent that. And then, yeah, I was kind of just moving around. And um, I found the ball great, um, just kind of rolling on it, really. Um, and then I think they definitely started getting more intense. So I remember around um, my mother-in-law brought Pat because she was minding Patrick and she brought him home and around eight o'clock and brought him straight upstairs and Rob was helping her put him to bed. And I remember that stage I was by myself downstairs. I just remember thinking like, where the fuck is Rob? Like I need him. I need him. Like they were really like, 
really intense because I think you do like I very much went into myself um but I needed like he was like my anchor kind of Mm -hmm. just to um I don't know just to kind of keep a hold of things you know just to like even just to have him depressed like I just yeah um so yeah and I do like I did find like the contractions I don't know I don't like I did find it all very intense and I think because it all happened quite quickly again it was it was a lot now I used the tens and I found that great um and I found counting great as well and I think you know and I like I think I'm not even sure if I had the hypnobirthing tracks in the background or not but um I knew when the the surges were coming that you know I counted 20 and they'd get really intense around four or five and then by 14 I knew I was on the home straight that they were kind of they'd be they'd be gone by 20 so I I really like I really held on to that during the um during the surges that just like counting aloud and <laughs> squeezing Rob and um remember I spent a lot of time like leaning on the couch and just rocking um back and forth for each count yeah so um yeah so then I think so it asked that I not get into the bath um until she got there um so she got there around nine o'clock um and yeah like very very in the thick of it at that stage and she was she said okay listen let me let me have a a look and at that stage I think it was eight centimeters so she was like quick yeah into the bath off you go um so I got into the bath and or into the the birthing pool or whatever and it was like I don't know it's like a war blanket or something it was the most amazing um oh it was just like exactly what I needed because I had you know they were really intense and it just like it dialed them down by about you know 50 percent. I was like oh I can cope with these now and I don't think it, it didn't slow them down but it mm. just um it just the pain relief that I got from being in that water and it was so warm and like it's such a like it's such a treat like it's so deep and it's so big and you can like practically like flatten it and um yeah it was it was really nice and I think um like it was it was one and like I think like it very much left me to my own devices like I think it's it's the greatest compliment you give you can give by saying that you barely knew she was there like she you know she was kind of setting up her stations and all that kind of thing but like it was really just myself and Rob there which was exactly I suppose what we wanted really um and then pretty soon after getting into the water um I kind of felt the need to push and I think because I know that transition phase or that transition I never felt it I don't think I felt it with Patrick because I remember reading about him being like oh no did I did I have that I don't know um whereas I really felt it with Ava um that you know because I definitely had that I can't do this oh no I can't do this how is this baby going to come out and like you know just like the doubt you know you're just like I can't mm. like how is this going to happen and then um and then you kind of just work through it and I think like I definitely felt a lot more present I don't know if that's the right word but much more I don't know 
in tune maybe in tune yeah with with um the actual say the push phase I like I don't think it was only it was only a couple of phases but I remember I remember feeling like I pushed out her head you know and I I kind of remember feeling that her head was born and knowing that um and I think at that stage I remember being like oh that the um the head the head is out and I was like it doesn't have hair because Patrick had so much hair she was like a little bit I was like okay um and then and at that like it was was actually funny at that at at that stage because she's like do you have a mirror and it's like god like I mean if I have a mirror I need to know where it is so I have only realized this afterwards um so like Rob went out to his car and took his rear view mirror oh great idea (laughs) And it wasn't until the next morning because I was sitting and I was kind of looking at the birth pool and I was like, what's that in the birth pool? And it was like the air freshener tag of his. He's oh. like, yes. I was like, oh, God, like this is uh, lovely and sterile. Um, but anyway, um, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, she was she was born and he picked her up and gave her to me. And like, yeah, it's just that. Um I think just because I was so much more in tune with the process um, and yeah, she just handed me and, you know, you're just like, oh, hello, you know. So, yeah, it was it was lovely. So we were able to kind of um, connect with her for, um, you know, I don't know how, how long we were in the water. And then we um, Rob took her and I climbed out and um, kind of got got attended to. And I think the second midwife arrived about. 20 minutes later and she was actually it was such a it's a hard I think probably a hard situation to come into you know you're kind of mm. um walking in um to this room and I remember distinctly I was kind of lying on the couch like sprawled um butt naked and she walked in and she was like oh my god you're like a Roman goddess and I was like <laughs> I feel like a Roman goddess I was you know you're just you're kind of absolutely wired out in adrenaline and euphoria yeah. and probably a little bit of gas in there and um you know it's just it was a you know the lights were very atmospheric and yeah no it was it was lovely now it was and um I think I gave the plus I gave birth I delivered the placenta um about 20 minutes later and had a little stitch and had a feed and um yeah and all was always good so um yeah it was just it was a completely like I would say both were really positive experiences like I feel very fortunate um both very different um but I think yeah just like I think the the home birth was just um like yeah I don't know I <laughs> a descriptive word isn't yeah and like everything that the pain relief the like the soothing like oh it was yeah it was unbelievable um and and I think for me anyway definitely because I had like that like my Patrick's postpartum was pretty rough this one was just like chalk and cheese because I set my expect I I don't know I don't know what I was trying to prove with Patrick but you know like there was a part of me where I was like oh yeah I need to be up and out and like doing this and that and whereas with Ava I was like 
nah, I am staying in bed if I can get away with it for the full day, but at least until lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Rob was kind of working from home, so he was doing a bit of work, but like we, Patrick was in, we kept Patrick in crash, which was a godsend. Um, and I was able to, you know, just spend the morning in bed and like make sure that the feeding was established and maybe go for a walk in the afternoon if I felt like it or whatever. But it definitely being able to recover in your own bed for me, that was phenomenal. And I think even the night Ava was born. So, yeah, Ava was born at like, um, I think, three minutes to 10. So we were just shy of her being born at what was it? She was born on the second on the second 22 um just shy of 2202 uh so we were like we nearly had it perfectly um so yeah and I was in my own bed at midnight and it was just you know I was like oh I'm just you know nice sheets in the bed I'm probably going to sweat fluids on them all night but anyway it's my own bed and um it yeah it felt yeah it felt really really nice so um so yeah, that was that was Ava. Thank you. That was so nice. It's so nice too because my experiences were pretty similar. As in, I had a yeah. really positive hospital yeah. birth and a home birth. So it was really nice to hear. Yeah, um, yeah. another story similar. Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Lovely chatting to you, and have a lovely Christmas. Yeah, you too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Just quickly, if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love if you could if you could show me your support by clicking onto any of the platforms that you use weekly. Um, rate the podcast, leave a little review to tell me that you're enjoying each of the episodes or the podcast in general. Um, And it really goes a long way. It helps boost the podcast so more people get to listen to your amazing stories. Okay, thanks. Have a good week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.